good vibes. A good evening. I do not attempt to adjust your radio. There is nothing wrong. The Knutsons. have taken control as to bring you this special show. Who are the Knutsons? Only good vibes. Only good vibes is the plan. Only good vibes, good vibes. Okay, this is called the Knutson Effect. Yo. Hey, Melville, how you hey, doing? Hey, Melville. How are you, gents? Yeah, yeah all good, good. Thanks. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm good. I, um, I've i just been out for a little stroll. Representing the defected colours over there. I know, yeah, do you know <laughs> what? Before we came on today, I thought, oh, I'm wearing a defected hoodie. Shall I take this off? And then I just thought, oh, it's... it's <laughs> and that's it. Have you, have you been out working out in that or just out for a stroll, Melville? you just been out for a wander? Well, I actually, my little nephew at the moment, he's he's 14 and he's got himself in this right little rut of playing Fortnite on the computer all night. <laughs> and and he actually is awake all night and tries to sleep during the day. So the last couple of weeks, I thought, right, I'm walking around there and I'm getting you every day at this time. We're going for a walk, get his legs moving again, get his brain working. So yeah, I just really go out just to keep his mind a bit Oh boy, devastated that you're tearing my way for Fortnite. <laughs> he is. Hello. Can't believe I'm that uncle already. I didn't think that would happen to me, but I am. I play that with my niece as well. Just it's good to connect with them a bit. I'll actually play a bit of Fortnite, but man, you lose your life on that game a little bit, don't you? You lose your money as well if you start buying everything. If, can you imagine that game was around when all of us that were 10 and 11 years old? Like we, we just would have been exactly the same as that. Uh, well, I, I was, we were kind of the same with Goldeneye back in the day. Gold, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a classic, John. We're going to gaming talk now. Forget the music, lads. We're going to gaming talk. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for that. <laughs> no, I've been trying to do the same. I've been I've been trying to do a Sean T workout to get my ass in gear after Christmas, and it is punishing me, honestly, Melville. I'm, I'm, I'm dying over here. I'm not going to lie. I can hardly walk, but I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you quickly realise how important it is just for your mental health, just to yeah. get something going. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of running and stuff just to keep things going. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And it's because you, you give yourself every excuse why you don't need to do it. You're like, ah, oh, gyms are closed and this and that, but you actually feel so much better for getting out a little bit. Oh, definitely. So have you been um, keeping yourself busy over the last year then? I see you've been busy with the live streams and all that sort of stuff. Busy, man. Yeah, really busy. Do you know what? It's just it's just been such a roller coaster for all of us. Yeah. And it's it's been really hard to plan to say, right, next month is this, or in two months is this. So we've all just been adapting really and mm. and just flowing with it. But yeah, I've been busy. I've um I've had lots going on. The, the radio shows continued as normal, which I'm sure we'll get into later. Yep. We started a new radio show, the remedy, um, label coming with that. We've we've committed to quite a few live streams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've still found myself busy day to day in the world of music, yeah, which is good. Yeah, it's kind of like you get, you get held back in some ways and you think, right, I'll throw all the energy into something else that you probably wouldn't have normally focused so much on, you know? It's been an interesting year or so, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it, it's just been an, a year of adapting and whoever yeah, can yeah. adapt um, best will kind of stay alive in this, but it hasn't been easy for anyone. Uh, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you're saying, it's really difficult to plan anything right now because things can change just from day to day right now, you know? So from your yeah. point of view, how, how are you guys actually dealing with that sort of in the week to week type thing in terms of like what we're going to do next year? So I think 
early on, that was very much their attitude. Like some record labels are not event-based. They're just record labels. Yeah. So um, I was speaking to say Mark at CR2 and it, it doesn't change their business that much. It's harder to promote records. Yeah. But it doesn't change their business with us. We, we have a big events business. Mm-hmm. So it changed, changed drastically. So I think early on, it was about us saying, right, let's just see what's going to happen next. So the events team were kind of still kind of in situ and um, the focus was obviously heavily on the other side of the business there, which is which is making records and releasing really good music. So for us, two things, the event side of the business obviously is super quiet and we're going to wait until we can be back in clubs before that side gets going again properly. But in terms of the A&R side of the business and releasing records, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, we've been just as busy. I mean, the type of record you're releasing might change a little bit. Um, A lot of club records, it may not be a great time for them to be released. They need clubs, they need Shazam, they need... um, In terms of us and our our activity in releasing records, it's it's been pretty much the same, to be honest. We've been fairly active. I think in some ways it's played into the hands of Glitterbox in a way because it was it was great when you emerge with that that desire for people to find that uplifting music and then this hit and that desire just grew, I think, didn't it? And all of a sudden, I think people are appreciating that type of music more and Glitterbox, you guys just seem to have embraced it in a way, you know, with the virtual streams. Especially. Yeah. It's funny you say that about the streams. I The very first one that we did at Ministry and things were so shaky there. Like no one knew what was coming. It was even, I remember driving to ministry and there was rumors that right. Boris was going to shut everything down that day. So right. no one knew what was happening. And in the moment I was thinking, what are we doing? <laughs> like, why don't we just go sit at home, chill? Let's see what Boris says. Why do we always have to be the ones up there first doing this stuff? <laughs> but we did it. We got away with it. And it is actually one of those moments that are really special because it was like, yeah, yeah. All right. This is what the next year is going to look like, but we just didn't realise it at the time. Are those yeah, live streams it... are pretty incredible. You guys have went all out with those. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The live streams are the live streams are great. I can't, I can't the... the effort that goes into that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. So there's so many different things I could talk about with the live streams. As a DJ, it's a weird thing. Like you guys have obviously um, played some and it's a weird thing. You're like, how do I play? Am I trying to make you dance? Am I trying to just play you great music? Am I trying to play new records? How many streams have I got online already? Do they think I just play this? You're battling (laughs) with yourself. Yeah, yeah. You're going for all these different things. So that's one part of it. The great part is for us, if we have records that are coming out, Yep. you can't play them in the clubs to get them out anymore so if you have a live stream it's great you can you can play the record there and people get to know about it and fortunately we've got a great team and um, we've got great videographers we've got people with great eye for detail and they can make the sets look amazing and it, it, it helps a lot on on YouTube yeah, I the guess. sets are incredible um, you've got the dancers and the stage and everything happening you really went all out for it um, yeah you know one bad based? thing I'm sorry uh, sorry, where did you say? Where is it based? Yeah, yeah, the glass box one. Where, where is that actually based? It looks like it's inside, like a like a funnel or something. It's got like- oh, that oh, I forget the name of it. It's in um, is it North London or Islington Music Hall or something? I think initially, at the moment, it's like a big concrete bunker and it's doing nothing, right. and it feels like a bomb's gone off 
and it's just left this big gaping concrete hole in the ground. But I think they were building a theatre there, and in the theatre, they had issues with the council, so it got cancelled. So oh. now you've just got this amazing space. You can't really do much with it, but it just it looks great. When we were in there, by the way, it was ice cold. <laughs> and it was ice cold. All of our dancers were freezing. And you couldn't actually hear much at all from your set. As you can imagine, sonically, it was terrible in there. Yeah. So when you were playing... Yeah, intro. Yeah, I'm like, I hope this sounds good. <laughs> I don't, I've got no idea. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's been an experience, these, this whole virtual streaming stuff. But yeah. I can't wait just to have some people and feed up some real energy and start playing again properly. I'm, I'm not yeah. like... I'm not desperate to do any more live streams just at the I moment. Hopefully I'm coming again shortly later on this year to get back into the clubs again and stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I, I still, I, I don't know, but I would guess final quarter of this year. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think Glitterbox just, uh, this, what they created, what you guys created was as close to an experience as a club experience we're actually going to get right now, I think, isn't it? Like you couldn't probably have done any more than what you guys done, even like John says with the dancers there, because I tried to replicate it with John dancing in a bikini. <laughs> quite, we couldn't quite we capture the glitter bomb. That one. <laughs> oh, I need to see it. I must have missed that one. No, send, me, send me the link. Didn't even make the cut. That's one from our personal collection, John. <laughs> <laughs> didn't quite make the cut that one. But, uh, yeah, I think it's what you after that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you just get lost in the glitter box every time the next stream came over it was just like the virtual uh, streams were like wow the next level the next level so as long as you hiked it up in the house it's probably as close as we were yeah so i think it probably brought that to the to the, to the homes i mean having the dances was it's great because it adds so much mm. takes a bit of heat off the dj but yeah. also also they're all part of the family and yeah they're just as important as the djs like if we're playing sometimes if I'm playing at high and Lucy Fizz comes yep. walking out with every bit of her energy and she's on the stage next to me and she's dancing, no one's looking at me. It's like one of the Marvel characters have just come out. Like people, <laughs> they're, our dancers are so special to us. They're, they're on a level with or above so many of the DJs. They're so important to us. So when yep. we had them on the live stream, um, it's, they're part of the family. So it's, it's, it just felt like an, a necessary part to have them involved. Yeah, I think it's that link between the crowd and the DJ, I think, isn't it? They they just seem to just fill the gap, really, isn't it? And just they seem to get yeah. people up, get them going, really. It, a, lot, a lot of your things radio as well, Melvo, isn't it? You're, you're Mr. Glitterbox Radio, and the, the shows you put out are just phenomenal. The, the standard and the original ideas, we're always enjoying them. Oh, good. Thank you, man. Thank you. Especially um, the one that just launched today, was it? The 200th episode? Yeah, three and a half hours. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't plan to make it three and a half. I sat down and started making it. And then I was like, right, let's do two hours. And I was like, <laughs> I'm into three. And then I was like, I'm, I'm over three now. I may as well just do another half an hour. Um, but uh, yeah, do you know what? Of, of all the different things I do in terms of A&R or production um, or DJ and anything, radio is, is my first love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I always say there's nothing... And my missus might go mad at me when I say this, but there's nothing I can compare in life, right? I know it sounds really, it sounds really cheesy. <laughs> we'll edit that out. I'm gonna whisper. I'm gonna whisper. She's in the other room. There's nothing that compares when you're in the studio and everything's happening and everything's loud and you've got your you get your, your music's ready that you're gonna play. Yep. People are in the studio and you push the fader up, the red light comes on, and everything goes silent. 
and it's just you and your headphones and it's the listeners and your voice that moment for me it it never it never fails to make me feel amazing that's brilliant that's interesting you can even compare it to a club set you know what I mean to actually to enjoy it to that level yeah I do yeah I just I adore radio I think it's such a an amazing medium of, of connecting people to, to music and to records and you can create a feeling before you play a record and yeah. I know Spotify and iTunes have algorithms where they can recommend new music and I lean on that quite a lot yes it's great yep. but don't tell me that can do a better job than what Benji B can when he says yeah. listen yeah. this record dropped yesterday it's been beating me up all night. I've played it 20 times. It was produced by Mad Lib and they're going to love this. Bang. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's the openness to it as well, the freedom of what you can play as well, because listening back to that and uh, one of the pre- previous guests had picked Cool in the Gang, Summer Madness. And it's just like, wow, just to hear that again, like, the, like that should always be revisited. That's music that should never die. So you have the kind of the platform for Glitterbox to still let the new generation of people that might have that might have slipped through the net for some people to hear that again, you know, and yeah. the freedom that you have on there is phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you say that when we um, uh, when we initially started the show, which I mentioned for the first time in this show, when we started it, we had this feature where a guest would come on and pick three records. Yeah, and everyone just thought that was how it was supposed to be, but it wasn't. Like that idea came up about twenty four hours before the first show was due to go out. And I haven't told I haven't told this story before, but yeah. our very first guest. Exclusive, yeah, Paul. Yes, an exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> our very first guest. I don't even know if I should say this because I don't think he knows either. <laughs> but our very first guest was Aeroplane Vito. Hi. Big love, love to you, mate. And the idea was when I first joined, we didn't really know how it was going to look. The radio show, how it was going to feel. We just knew we wanted to celebrate classic house and disco. And the idea was that we would ask a guest to do us a one-hour guest mix. That would be the radio show, and I would present it. So I would say, welcome, guys. This week, uh, our mix comes from Aeroplane. Go into it. And I would name the tracks as they went. But then we realized after getting his mix the very first time, he, he was playing some jazz bits, a couple of hip-hop bits. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't Glitterbox. It's not the yeah, essence yeah. of the show. We, we want classic house and disco. Yeah. Literally. About 24 hours before it was due to go out, I'm sat with Simon and Tom and we just say, look, we need to change the format. So we said, look, we will build, we'll build a show of what you want it to sound and feel like. I'll pick the music. And then um, I asked the guest to pick three tracks in the middle and yeah. then it, it, it worked. We said, right, let's do another one. And then it ended up just rolling out for about a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. I just like that freedom that it gives to, yeah, I think you've got more control over it in a certain extent because otherwise, God, you'd be taking a, a trip into all sorts of music, really, when to, you don't actually know where it would end. Well, we, we get it picking three records sometimes. I look at the records and I'm like, you could have chosen any three you wanted and you've chosen, you've chosen these. And, and it could be... Gaelic Rave and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a brilliant genre, John. I want to check it out. <laughs> Untapped Mate. one. Need to go on how, that. How does that go? How did you just come up with that so quickly? Oh, John, John's been working on this, I working think. Working on some tracks right now, Melville. I'll send them over to you when I'm done. <laughs> he's been quiet recently, Melville. I think he's been working in a new genre, so you can try to promote I, I, it. I know, I know. On track source, I can see it already. <laughs> it's the next big thing, I tell you. <laughs> Brilliant. No, the radio shows just seem to, I think, again, they've reached out. It's another way to connect with the, with the family and, and probably reach out to an even wider audience, I think, now more than, more than ever, eh? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we, I purposely make the shows to feel to feel up. Yeah, um, we could go. Obviously, you could go way left wonky with some really clever, obscure disco and rare groove and stuff. But that's never been the idea of the show. It's yeah. like, look, let's let's let people escape to this show for an hour. I feel real feel good hour. Um, and just to mix it up with the right classic records, with the right new records and picking from yesteryear as well. And also knowing that although some people have been listening since day one, some people just started listening last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's important never to steer too far away from the message that we want to deliver with the show. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, definitely. So you're obviously you're obviously really passionate about music, and you want to share it with, with as many people as possible. Really, so where did it all begin for you? How did you kind of get started on this journey? How did you get into the music yourself? Um, so I guess to begin with, super early influences for me was was my dad, who's um, a massive soul boy, big record collector, and but he was never a DJ. Um, but he was a dancer, like on the soul scene in London right. um, for years. Um, and now he's in a group on Facebook called Soul Boys, Soul Girls, and he's forever posting loads of music. So my dad is an absolute muso. So for me, that's definitely where it started. Big Teddy yeah. fan, big Barry White fan. Yeah, yeah. Then as I got older, him and obviously my uncle Norman Jay um, have always been super tight forever. Um, my dad would always be going to his gigs. They travelled together. And then... From when I was young, I would go to Norman's gigs. Carnival was like a family party where we'd all go and spend the weekend there. And um, I was just around everyone. So if he was if he was around Giles or Jazzy B or Rodigan, and they were all just around each other all the time, Femi Femme. Um, so I was just around it a lot when I was younger. And then um, as I got older, just started to throw some little parties, kind of local to me in West London, just nicking Norman's music his records uh, <laughs> I did I, st- I stole everything I literally just got a, a few grooves missing a few a few gouges out of the way. <laughs> I, I just copy everything he did <laughs> I just copied it I did um, so yeah that's how it started I guess and then uh, it just kind of developed from there I decided to go and get my own radio show and and say right let's just let's, let's get into this sharing music stuff and yeah yeah kind of snowballed from there yeah. I think there's there's massive influence from there's a certain point of your your childhood. I think when the music you're hearing at that point, I think really sinks in at some point because I'm the same. My dad and my mum as well, disco soul stuff in the car. It was always on, and it's kind of like we've all gone full circle and we've thought, right, actually this stuff is the best. Really, to be fair, this well, we've tried our best to find the other stuff elsewhere that might match this, but it seems to be in your blood at that point, doesn't it? It's in your soul. Oh, I agree. Just wait until the Gaelic rave hits the scene. It's going to change the whole world. Uh, Do you know what, John? I'll try that with my nephew, uh, my niece, sorry. And if my niece likes it in 30 years' time, then we know that's the story. <laughs> there we go. A, a new yeah, John no. was born. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. When it's um, when it's embedded in you from young, I guess it's just in you. Sometimes I, I look at it the other way and I think, how much music was I deprived from hearing because my dad was such a soul boy and <laughs> yeah. start Googling, get to 14 and start Googling Spandau Ballet and thinking, okay, what does this music sound like? Yeah. <laughs> my dad, my dad, it, there was no kind of, I don't know, any British kind of pop rock, anything like that. It was, it was all uh, strictly soul, rare groove, boogie, funk, disco, a little yeah. bit of reggae. Yeah. <laughs> Just feel good, feel good music. Yeah, yeah. No, you're definitely suited for the job at the the helmet glitter box, definitely, because I just think with the the glitter box stuff, it's uh, it's not only just 
embrace the, the, the past, but it's kind of set the future. You're looking at another minimum 10 years of people loving that music, I think, with the whole new generation that's come through and joined the music. So that's why I really admire what, Glitter, what you guys have done at Glitterbox, because it's kind of set up a scene in the future, not just for the moment, you know? I agree. And do you know what? A, a lot of it as well, when people say Glitterbox, they just go disco, disco. But when you actually look at some of the lineups for the nights, if you look at Roger Sanchez or Honey Dijon, they're not disco DJs. They're just, they're just great legendary DJs. Yeah. And so for me, a great part about Glitterbox was it was just celebrating great music again. Yeah. It was saying, look, you can stand on a dance floor yeah. at 4 a.m. and just hear a great song. It doesn't have to be just thump, a thumping minimal record, which that yeah. was Ibiza. Yeah, yeah. There was every club in Ibiza sounded the same at two and three in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. I know. It was and we just everyone just accepted that, and Glitterbox kind of changed that culture a little bit. And yeah, um, a lot of the music that we're hearing on the that we get to play on the show, records that we're making now, um, it's not just about disco. It's just it's just, it's just, it's just great good, records. Just feel good music, that freedom, yeah. good music, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that? Became involved in in the whole Glitterbox thing. So I, I was at my soul um, radio station in South London, shouts Gordon Mack and team. And um, I was doing a show there for, I don't know, about six or seven years or so. And then Bob Masters um, was part of the my soul team as well. He did a show there and Bob Masters and Simon Dunmore um, have been mates for years, years on years. And then, one day, Simon, this is the early days of Glitterbox, he was throwing a party at Ministry of Sound. Right. And he wanted to theme um, the little room at the top, the loft, and he called it Cross the Tracks. And what he wanted in that room was a DJ to come in and just play kind of play some records and just play some rare groove stuff and keep it pretty chill, that kind of vibe in there. So we hit up Bob and said, do you know any young DJs that could come on, uh, come on board? and play the loft all night. And, and Bob said, look, hit this guy Melvo up. Simon listened to a few of my shows on my soul and then um, asked me to come and play. So I literally was, I think I was in Thailand at the time, mm -hmm. just chilling. And I got a message on Facebook. It was from George actually, who's like the, who was the booker at the time, just saying, hey, it's George from Defected. And don't forget at this point, I had no connection with Defected at all, really? nothing. None of us followed each other. I was aware, I knew who Defector and Glitterbox were, but there was no no kind of um, relationship at all. Yeah. And then um, I just got a message pop up saying, hey, do you want to come and play a Glitterbox in the loft? I was like, whoa. <laughs> went, played, went well, played again, went well. And then I sent Sai a message and said, look, let's, let's start a radio show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's what you were comfortable with then. You know that's worked. He's obviously heard that you knew you were good for the radio shows as well at that point because it's, uh, yeah, I think that's part of I, I guess you'd heard, yeah. Yeah, and he had, they had, um, the, I knew Sam Divine from years before that, just, just on the scene. Yeah, yeah. And I knew they had the Defected show and I was like, hold on a sec, you've got this Defected show just banging every week. <laughs> we've got this Glitterbox brand. Why have, we, why have we not got a show? So I just, I just hit him up one day and just said, look, let's do it. Nice. I think we had uh, we had we had Sam on before for a chat, and we were we were all kind of agreeing that it's the team behind Defected and the team behind Glitterbox. Everybody just knows the role; it's their strengths, and just together, it's like there's such a seems there just seems to be such a good energy. 
behind the scenes that they kind of shines through. We don't know a lot about who's doing a lot of the work, but you just know that who's in there is suited to their role and they're Honestly. all kind of driving the same direction, aren't they? Honestly, some of the super brains at Defected yeah. is is nuts. Like That's when I joined, I, I felt like I knew a bit about music. Yeah. And you, you walk in there and you slot straight in right at the bottom level of knowing yeah. anything about the game. <laughs> because between all of them, Simon, Wes, um, Luke Solomon, Seamus Haji, I think you had on before. I mean, Seamus wasn't there at the time. I think when I walked in, it was Simon, Wes, Luke Solomon, Andy Daniel at the time. And these guys know everything about everything. They know what records will work, what records won't, yep. who to choose for a remix, the, the whole strategy behind releasing records. They just they just know it all. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, Yeah, yeah. And even now, from the marketing team to the social team, nothing is done by accident. Everything is set up with an absolute strategy and a plan behind it. Yeah. Um, and that goes from especially events. over the last year, it's kind of shown just how strong the team is over there. Because, like, with the way things have went over the last year, it would have been easy for things to kind of you know, fade away, I guess. But you guys have went the total opposite way. And it's just like what you've done over the last year during all this has been amazing, really, you know? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying thank you on behalf of the entire team because yep. those guys do work hard. Simon knows exactly what he wants and when he wants it, the whole team get that. And um, yeah, I guess we were fortunate that we were kind of going that direction anyway. Like our social team were, were super hot yeah. before this all happened. And we had already done a kind of a few live streams and stuff. Yep. And we had the team in place. So I guess we were slightly fortunate in a way there. So the day that it all stopped. Became the focus, didn't it? Became the focus at that point. Became everything. Yeah, yeah it became yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's really exciting times to see. I just think because it's it's not even just so much all the people that have loved the music over the years. It's it's the new generation. It's that young generation. There seems to be such an energy and excitement from a whole new generation, which is the most kind of comfort thing about it all because you know it's going to go the distance, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's, for me, the most important thing about when we're booking DJs or some of the music we play on the show is is finding that balance between... Yeah. We know there's um, people who have loved Defected 20 years ago who are now coming to Glitterbox parties, but there's also kids who are 18 and 19, so mm. it's just finding that right balance. And musically, like, it's... You need guys like Dan Shake there. You need Jada G. Like they're a follow more. Like they're, they're they're important. Yeah, they're important. Make sure they're standing alongside the legends as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's just kind of unearthing the new the new talent and embracing it. Really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because they'll they'll do it differently. They'll do it fresher. They'll do it in their way. And it's yeah. it's it's nice to hear. Yeah, definitely. What what would you see some of your kind of highlights then, Melvin? And what would you, what kind of goals have you got? ahead then but what are you aiming for musically I know it's a bit uncertain at the minute really but uh, where, where, where would you like to be what would you like to aim for I say there was um, a line in a as a rapper from London years ago and he said about having a platform and yeah. and like what are you going to do with it and I've always been of the mind of like, if I'm getting some followers on social media, like, what are you doing with this platform? Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's always been a big, that's why radio has always been a big thing for me. I'm like, you've got a platform here. 
don't try and make it all about yourself. Share some music, share some people. Right, he's great, she's great. And we're just about to launch the Remedy Project, which is a label that I'll be heading up within Defected as a sub-label. Brilliant. And it's exactly what the Remedy is. It's like, look, I've got all these young guys all throughout the world who are making great music who people are not looking at and they can't get the recognition. And I've got a platform, so let's give it to them. Yeah, yeah. So we've got this brand new office where we can shoot some amazing videos for them. We can sh- talk about them on Defected channels. I'm like, this is amazing. So next up for me, there's a lot of energy going into that. The Remedy Project is my baby. It'll be a monthly radio show. And oh, yeah. um, we'll be signing some music from some young guys that hopefully is stuff that we'll still be enjoying in 20 years' time. That sounds great. It sounds like a really good opportunity for that next generation coming through and they'll getting them out there as well. Absolutely. And there's so many out there. They just they just can't get noticed. Like if you're not, if a major label hasn't snapped you up or you haven't got like an amazing um, Instagram account or something, you just can't get out of there. Yeah, so yeah. I can I can say, look, I know him. He can help produce for you. Or I know her. She can play this for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. You should work with him and and just try and orchestrate it a little bit mm-hmm. and just give these guys a platform. So in terms of what I'm looking forward to is that I'm looking forward to the continued growth of Glitterbox. I do look at it like it's it's not my baby. It's Simon's baby, but I'm so attached to it all. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm looking forward to the growth of the comeback once clubs are open again. Um, and you mentioned about highlights. Do you know, of all the things I could think of highlights wise, I always come back to, um, always, I just, it just, it's high Ibiza. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, imagine, imagine when you're young and you think about DJing and you're like, one day I want to be playing in that club or it, it all hit me in that moment. I'm stood up there and there's 5,000 people in front of me and it's just an ocean of heads. Yeah. <laughs> and in that moment, I just went, oh, this is it. This is it. This is what I always thought about. And like that was definitely like a real moment. You come off the stage and you're full of adrenaline, like you've just been in a boxing match. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess that's that's a highlight that sticks out for me, definitely. Yeah, that's that feeling. Just to take it back to your label as well, Melvo, the Remedy label, what would you look for in music, people submitting music to you then? If there's producers out there, aspiring producers and artists, that are obviously going to be sending you a lot of music off the back of the chit chats and the stuff. What what would they, what are you looking for? So I know a lot of labels are very much genre specific and they're focused on deep house or focused on electro, whatever. A lot like the radio shows that I put out, it's not genre specific. I just want to work with forward thinking young musicians making contemporary music. Mm-hmm. Guys who we can maybe put on at a live event if I'm doing some live nights. Guys who, guys who I want to work with, guys who I like, guys yeah. who I could see turning into something a lot more than what they currently are at the moment, if I can see potential in them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. foremost, I just want to sign great music. Yeah. Um, so that could mean a jazz record from Jitam or Kamal Williams. It could mean a slightly more hip-hop record, let's say, from Children of Zeus. Really? If we could get a Tom Mish record on a more kind of folky vibe, electronic, it might be there. Yeah. Um, I guess like Ninja Tune are not genre-specific. They sign great artists and great music. Yeah, yeah. Um, the project will be will be in that kind of world. Yeah. 
I think that's interesting that you say that as well, people that you can work with. I think that's massive because you look at the people who are still big in the game today, you just know that they're the humble, approachable people from the early scene, aren't they? The ones that people could work with. I think that's everything at the end of it, isn't it really? Can you work with these people? Is there good energy behind what they're doing? And are they positive? Because without that, you're just, it's just, you're dragging somebody along, isn't it? Are you selling your uh, show, the name of your radio show, eh? <laughs> <laughs> only good vibes. <laughs> exactly. I, well, yeah, you said that you just did it there, Mel. Exactly. Only good vibes. <laughs> exactly. Sound like that, Mel. You just summed it up for us. <laughs> we're we're going to use this as the advert. <laughs> there you go. I saw your t shirt. I couldn't help it. Yeah. Um, that is true. Yeah. I think it just boils down to that. Just good vibes and the same people with similar mindsets working together, really, isn't it? Honestly, um, I can't. I, I, I have no time for people sometimes who, for some reason, just think they have this God-given right to yeah. just be really difficult or rude or horrible. That's not just in music. That's just in life. Just be nice to people, man. You have no idea what yeah. they're going through in their own head or behind closed doors or at home. Yep. So just just be nice. That's the best advice we've had, John. On 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 all the all the chats, all the guests <laughs> we've had. Be nice. The simplest best advice. <laughs> I'll be like, I know you're angry. I know you're upset. And whatever, just yeah. just chill. Just chill out. <laughs> you get good vibes back. So you should always be yeah. positive, shouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. John, you've not got the T-shirt on. What's going on? I thought John, you'd have the T-shirt on the night. I thought you might have sent me one beforehand. <laughs> I will send you one down, Mel. Don't worry. <laughs> We've only just sprinted them up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great time for that project as well, Melville, because like a lot of people have been sitting working on music this last year and they've probably been getting really creative with it because they've had so much time to work on it, you know? Yeah, and I guess um there's i'm kind of quickly learning that there's two types of um artists out there and a lot of the music we have been releasing for years they're kind of dj producers and that's djs who are kind of making a record just to get themselves gigs yeah um and then you've got your artists mm-hmm. who is totally in it 24 7. they don't want to hear um oh, we can put you on some gigs. We can give you a gig for the fact they don't want to hear that. That's, they don't care about it. They're not DJs. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very personal. Um, if they've written an amazing song or they've done everything, they might have produced it and written it. They're very, you've just got to be very careful in, in how you speak and how you deal because it's very personal to them. And yeah. and that's what's be- it's going to be so beautiful about the project. Yeah. Yeah, it's you nice. I can't wait to hear what, what comes out of that. I think that's going to be something fairly incredible. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. The debut release is out on March the 12th. Hadia George, Hot Flavour, with remixes from Kylie Tatham and Nick Godmode. And uh, yeah, it's hot. It's nice one. Exciting times ahead, I think. New ideas, I think. Where can people find out more about it? Just the, the kind of obvious pages, Melvo, your your social pages on Glitterbox possibly as well? or Yeah, I'm not sure when this goes out, but... Um, if you just follow me on Instagram, you will see um, all the information coming out in the next couple of days. Um, so kind of, where are we? End of Jan, end of Jan. So you'll see loads of info and promo in Feb. What year is this, Mel? Whether you know what year this is going I've got no idea. Is summer? Is this a weekday? <laughs> the, other day, the other day I posted on my story and I put, um, I posted a song and I put uh, perfect, perfect Sunday music. 
And then within minutes, I had loads of messages coming through saying, it's Friday, Melvo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been close to that before, but I always double-check it as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, our brains just stop working this, sometimes. sums this period in time right up, doesn't it? It's just like, it's like a never-ending Christmas holiday, really, isn't it? You don't know what, what time it is, what day it is. Occasionally, I'm like, I quite like this, like just being in my little den and not having to leave it ever. There's something quite nice about it. Yeah. But... Um, other times I'm like, just get me back to the you fun You can stuff. only watch so much Netflix, so I mean, it does <laughs> after a while. I'm like, glad you said Netflix. There's <laughs> 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 the other, yeah, kind of, yeah the, the adult variety as well, Melville. But, uh, there's also so much of that as well, I guess, eh? <laughs> yeah, we definitely need this belt. <laughs> me and John just passed the time, don't we, John? Just having a chit chat on here. That's how it grew. Me and John just started talking. We thought, let's invite other people on to talk to us. We were just lonely, Melville, and we thought, let's get some guests on for a chat. <laughs> you, you've had, yeah, I checked out a few of them beforehand. It's been a, it's been a wonderful little ride on, on here, I've noticed. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I think it's we're pretty trying, good. Uh, we've uh, been on here non stop, to be honest. Like, yeah. I've never seen so much of Paul before. Like, we've known each other for over 20 years, but like this year has been like, yeah, so I'm actually sick of seeing him now. <laughs> something beautiful, Melville, something beautiful's happened. There's been a bromance has blossomed, honestly. It's been it's been a special moment. If that's something that's come out of this lockdown, then yeah, that's an amazing thing. But, um I just no, I can see I can go on. Yeah, we just reached out to a lot of people to try and support them because we knew how grim it's been and it seems to have given people a, like you say a platform basically to help right what you're up to, connect with their fans in a way, you know, and reach out and say, right, what better times ahead, here's what's going on just now, you know. Absolutely. Well, it's, 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 it's been important for, I mean, there's a lot of DJs, like, thankfully, I'm part of a team at Defected, so I, I can bounce stuff off these guys, but a lot of DJs at the moment, they're not part of a firm, or they're not, so they're kind of just out there by themselves at the moment, so yep. if, if, you're, if you're speaking to these guys and, and making them feel loved and giving them a bit of promo, and um, I'm sure it's, it's well received. It's great learning about all the, the different scenes around the world as well and seeing what everybody else is up to. It's been quite a big learning experience for us as well. I know. You, you think you know. You think you've, you've done your, your history, over, learned your history over the years. Then you start talking to some people and it's just like, wow, you know what I mean? It's straight for the mouth. This is how it was. And you're just like, yes, it's phenomenal. <laughs> That's what I mean. Wow. John has learned a lot, I think. Yeah, I bet. And things just keep changing as well. So you never know what little scenes are popping up or what's going on all over the world, do you? We, so you were talking um, as well, Melvo, about like uh, you quite like the lockdown kind of lifestyle and to a certain extent. That John, this is probably a question for you as well. What's some of the random lockdown buys that you you gents have have randomly purchased online? Is there any kind of random? Because everyone's just buying random things right now, aren't they? Well, I bought this. Hold on. <laughs> just when I prepared earlier, <laughs> never even give you a heads up on this. Oh yeah. Oh, you pull that bar. It's meant, yeah, it's a pull-up bar, but it doesn't fit on any of my door frames. It just started <laughs> ripping the architrave off. So that's a silly one. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that, I haven't used that at all. Um, I think I've got the exact same one. Have you? <laughs> Did you buy it in lockdown, John? Uh, no, I had that one before lockdown, actually. I've only probably used it like once during lockdown anyway. I would just sold it to Melville. Did you buy it on eBay by any chance, Melville? Thank you, John. Well, it, yeah, it doesn't work very well. It's just kind of sat there ever since. But um, <laughs> well, yeah, I've no. actually spent a small fortune on Amazon over the last year. It's ridiculous. <laughs> John, you're actually scared to look and check how much I spent on it. <laughs> I guess not. No, you're worth a look. Yeah. 
I'll tell you what, what I haven't done. I haven't read one single book. Oh, I, I've, I've tried. It's just, uh, you don't put the time in for the books then, Melville, no. <laughs> no, it annoys me because I really want to be one of those guys who says, yeah, I just read this book and I recommend it. But I, I haven't finished one. <laughs> book, so book what chat. I've been doing is um, Audible. So you listen to audiobooks. So when you go out for a walk or a run, you've got the audiobook on the go. It's, that's a great idea, but I don't. I'll tend to put on like a Joe Rogan podcast or something. Oh, Joe Rogan is the man. What about better Joe yeah. Rogan? <laughs> yeah, I pretty much get all of my opinions in life from Joe all my education from Joe Rogan. That's, that's a solid education right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't go to school, kids. Just, just listen to Joe. <laughs> I think there's a new podcast in there, a book chat with Melville Baptiste, I think, talking about <laughs> books and stuff, Melville, and what you, are, what you recommend. Uh, I could probably Richard. try and blag it. I could blag it for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the new Richard and Judy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Mike Tyson uh, hot boxing podcast. That's pretty interesting as well. Some good guests on that one. I'm a massive boxing fan. Oh yeah, massive boxing fan. Yeah, so I do watch a lot of that as well. Yeah. Oh, nice one. Do you do any boxing? Do you do any training or anything? No, 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 no. I um, my only came to a bit of boxing was I, I did it for about two years with a coach in Ealing, but I was terrible. <laughs> I, I was terrible. Didn't move very well. It was so slow. Just, yeah, just get beaten It's good fun until you get hit in the face. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. I actually remember my first ever session with him. I had no idea why he did this, but he said to put the gloves on and we did a couple of little exercises and how to, how to block, how to move, whatever. And then he said, right, let's go. And he just started throwing punches at me. <laughs> and he had me up against the glass and he was kind of hitting me a few times. And I said, right, that's enough. Stop, stop. And he said, no, you'll stop when the round's finished. <laughs> ah, you hit the canvas. Talk about yeah, that was, the, that was the very first one I ever did. And I guess he was trying to teach me something, but yeah. He taught you to be a DJ and not a boxer. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Life lesson right there, wasn't it? <laughs> he did. He did. But uh, yeah, I do. I do love boxing. I watch all of it. Nice one. Yeah, just going back to the, the music briefly, Melvo. Um, <laughs> with your, your roles in A&R, what, what would you say, what would you kind of advice would you give to people that are maybe trying to get their music out there and try to get people to, to notice their music and being able to hear their music as well? Um, I would say, firstly, I guess it's probably not the first thing to say, I should say this last, but um, if, if your music is ever turned down by a label, never feel disheartened by that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not usually a reflection on your music. It's usually a reflection on where that label are at that point in time, the direction they're going in, the sound they're looking for, um, how busy their release schedule already is. So never get too disheartened by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just just keep working on your craft. Um, producers might have, the guys who are releasing music in their 20s are probably releasing music much better in their 30s. You do just get better with time and experience. In terms of, for me personally, I'd say try not to make your music too formulaic. Is that a word? Yeah, yeah. Good um, enough for us. Good enough for two Scots. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your own language up here anyway, Melvin. Don't worry. That's great. Yeah, start spreading formulaic just in case anyone says it's not a word. Just say, look, Melv said it is a word. Um, yeah, just try not to make it too formulaic. Like, right, it's got to be dance music, so it's got to start like this and go like this. Just, just feel it. Try to get some ideas. Don't be afraid to work with musicians. Um, don't be afraid to, to to bounce it off your not just your friends, but outside of that, and see what they think about it. And and I guess it's not a bad thing thinking about 
your end goal? Like, what do you want out of this? Where yeah. do you want it to be? And then if you say, right, I want it to be on a playlist next to a Tom Mish record. Okay, listen to his records. Does it sound like that? No. Okay, cool. Keep working on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want it to be on a defective radio show. Okay, listen to those records. Does my record sound like that? Yes, no. Keep working on it. Do courses and just keep working on it. Yep, that's good advice. I think I, I think I had another guest. It may have been Seamus that said the same thing. Like tailor it to the to the labels. Don't just be spamming your track around about fifty labels, hoping somebody you know like maybe try and tailor it, approach them, support them, and try and yeah, show what you can yeah. do. Specific sound of that label, then yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah. I, I guess we could tie the two in there. Like I said, think about your own products. Like if you want to sound like this, then think of the other records that have been released on that label and think, right, does my record sound like that? Is it up to a standard? Yep. Um, but yeah, that's all really I'd say from an A and R point of view. Um, and I guess people who are making music, they love it they love making music. They're, they're, they're not just going to appear and disappear. So yep. they just got to keep at it and just, just enjoy the journey. Yep. Awesome. And um, do you think the industry is ready for Gaelic rave yet? Or is it, is it too early? I don't know. I think, <laughs> I, I, I reckon if we, if, <laughs> if we round this up and we play a couple of records, yeah. I'll have a little dance to them and we'll see what the vibe is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, do you know what I'm hearing in my head right now? Like violins, bagpipes and a donk. A donk on it, you know, what and I mean? it's got to be fast, it's got to yeah, be really fast, insanely fast. fast that you can't even dance to it, you know. Like... <laughs> well, if we're not doing workouts at home, we could just listen to some Gaelic rave and get a little sweat on, do some chin ups. Seems ideal, <laughs> get a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that lock, that's one way to spend your lockdown, I think. In it, <laughs> I don't want to keep you too much longer, maybe it's been a pleasure having a chat with you. And again, just kind of bigging up what you guys are doing at Glitterbox, it's just so inspiring to what me and John can aspire to do as well. And it's just great to see that the foundations are set and so many people excited and such a young generation enjoying it. It's great times ahead, I think, once this mm. eases off. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I, I think the same. I hope that we can keep doing what we're doing. Hopefully people are still engaged and enjoying it and, and we'll just keep, keep pushing music forward, which is important. Yeah, thanks very much for taking the time to, uh, to chat to us. And I look forward to hearing what's coming out in the Remedy project as well. Amazing, John. Thank you, mate. And look out in the inbox for John's Gaelic rave that'll be dropping in your your Hotmail account. Yeah, the email not to open. The one, the one's just a chicken impression and it's good to go. <laughs> cowbell, just loads of cowbell. Yeah, cowbell and bagpipes. <laughs> I mean, no, you right, I'm sure. Hopefully, you'll come on and chat to us again soon in uh, more positive times, eh? Cheers, Paul. Yeah, hopefully, mate. Right, take care of yourselves. Speak to you soon. Right. See you soon. Big love.